0: All right, folks, so we are live today with Alan Creedy. I have known Alan for a while and we've been working together for a while now. And it's been a revelation. And I think I could just do a whole episode just talking about my side of the story of what I think I've learned from Alan. But uh, today I wanna hear from Alan his side of the story. So Alan, uh, you know know that what they say are kind of beginning with the end in mind. I would like us to start there. I would like you to tell me about the vision that you have. Uh, I know you work with funeral homes, funeral directors, but when we started working together, you had a pretty clear vision of what you wanted to create for them, this dashboard. And I've seen you make amazing progress on that, but still talk to me about that vision that we're, we're still kind of moving towards, and that's great. What 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 is that vision to, uh, for that dashboard that you want to have? Uh, for the clients you serve.
1: Well, thank you for having me on, uh, uh, Avi. Just a very brief background. Uh, As a former CPA, I've worked with small business people most of my career. And what I've learned is that you cannot make non-financial people into financial people. Mm -hmm. So you can get a certain extent and if they're mathematically oriented then they they pick up on some things but the idea of, of teaching somebody to to analyze a set of financial statements and the things that they need to know for management uh it, you're it, it's just it's like pushing strings uphill <laughs> and all you do is really frustrate them so my vision was to create a dashboard that was very very simple and i have told the clients i work with that there are really only five parameters they need to be concerned with and if i could create a dashboard that would illustrate in a visual way very impactful visual way the the what was going on in their business then um uh, the, the the measurement was you know if if it's in green if the if the visual is in green Go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> if it's in yellow, you might want to think about it. You might want to worry a little bit about it. You might want to talk to someone about it, but mm-hmm. it, you're generally not, you're okay. You're not. Yeah. Okay. And if it's in red, you need to call somebody, whether it be me or your accountant or some other yeah. professional that, that yeah. helps you dive in and ask the right questions and figure out what's really going on.
0: Man, that's, that's, that's. Brilliant. And, and I love that traffic light analogy. It's simple, it's effective. And to me, what it says is that you really knowing your audience, your client. Well, it, yeah, yeah. It,
1: I have that privilege of working in one profession, but truly, mm-hmm. really most small business people are not financially inclined mm-hmm. and every, every business has a metric. And once you figure out what those metrics are, you can gear your 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 focus on on that metric, and you know that's that's pretty much all you need to, to do.
0: Yeah, man, that that is. There's so much beauty in there. Like so much is coming up for me, but um, what I'm thinking is is that um, uh, for for one, let's uh, flesh it out for me a little bit. Like I've heard you say it, but uh, uh, share not all five. You don't have to share all five, but share some of the key metrics that you feel that they need to see, and that'll have. This gauge of go back to sleep, love that by the way. Go back to sleep. Um, maybe time to worry. And oh my God, crisis! Call somebody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, tell us some about some of those metrics.
1: Exactly. So every every business, every entity has leverage points. Okay. So in, in the nursing home business, for instance, it's beds occupied beds. Mm-hmm. In in uh, the flower retail flower business, it's deliveries. Uh, You might be interested to know that in the garden center business, it's parking spaces. So everything has a metric. Didn't know that. (laughs) Absolutely. And so uh, in in the funeral business, it's call volume. So if you do 100 funerals a year or you do 200 funerals a year. So literally, there there are two key drivers uh, for funeral homes. And one is call volume and how that is trending. And one is average sale yeah. and how that relates to a target. Okay. Then there are two major expenses that you should control. One is cost of goods sold and, and, uh, the other is labor. And that's a, on a ratio basis. There are this, this one profession has pretty standardized, uh, ratios and you can measure mm-hmm. that. Uh, so if you can control those two overhead expenses and you can, uh, get your average sale and and volume to where it will be things things are going to be okay things are going to be actually be pretty good uh and the final thing is what we call uh earnings before interest taxes depreciation amortization and uh owner rent uh and and that gets complicated that's a calculation but uh and it has to be done by each business but there's still standardized operating ratios for that mm-hmm. and uh if I know what your what that factor is, I can calculate your actual business value. Uh, it, you know, thumbnail type.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and so I figure if I show that on the dashboard, and they say, well, gee, I'm down, I'm down a little bit in average sale, but it's it's not too far down. But oh my gosh, I'm worth five hundred thousand dollars less than I was mm. last month. Then we wake up and and say. Yeah. Is that's really what we need to do and it's all geared literally to being able to take a look see what it is then there's some drill downs in there that that uh are important you need to know for instance if you have multiple locations what each location is doing but uh beyond that i, I find that's about all people really want to know yeah. uh and when they want access and it doesn't have to be me that's not what i built this for uh i'm not in the bookkeeping uh taxation business i don't that's not what mm-hmm. i do so if they want to use their local accountant I, that's fine with me but you need to bring it if if things are not going right then you, you yeah. need to bring bring somebody in and you know I, i'll walk them through it whatever whatever it takes but again it's the visualization if you put a a set of financial statements, balance sheet, uh, and God forbid hmm. that you put a trial balance in front of that. That <laughs> won't work at all. But, uh, yeah. um, you know, if you put these things in front of them, they just go to sleep. And I don't mean that in a, a negative way. They're not wired for that. Yeah, and, and I am, and, and others who have my training are. Yeah. So leave that to me, but these are warning signs. So uh, I get a little icon on my dashboard in my car if I'm running low on gas. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I think a bell dings as well. But you know that mm-hmm. tells me I need to stop and get gas. Yeah. And it's the yeah. same same concept. Mm-hmm. So we're not trying to turn people into something they're not uh, and get them frustrated. We're trying to say, look at wow. these, words and and if you, are, if for instance, if yeah. your call volume is trending downward. Let's stop and talk about that okay uh let's let's figure out what why that is is it are your competitors down in call volume as well is it just uh, a period of time for your market that happens
0: man that's brilliant I, that's i'm gonna call it out because right i mean it's not about the number like oh well, last year sales were this or or currently your year to today sales compared to what compared to your targets compared to year over year compared to competitors right so it's the context it, uh, it is the context. You yeah. don't
1: know those questions, and and uh, I also mm. should make a point, Avi, that uh, I decided, you know, the conventional, the and you've helped me so much with this. The conventional thinking of accountants is we got to go by fiscal year by fiscal year and quarters and this type of thing. So the thing that I was so excited about was that uh, we could do a, a running. 12-month trailing analysis so that for all intents and purposes now it the the books aren't really closed but the mm. key metrics each 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 time we report on them we can look back we, we we're reporting on the previous 12 months not yeah year to date
0: or whatever because that becomes very distorted I mean it sounds to me like a pulse of the business right I don't think yeah, yeah, anything better right and that that's brilliant yeah. Uh, man, there's so much goodness here. So I was scribbling, you might have noticed, I was scribbling notes on my side and we will talk about Power BI. That is exciting stuff. But I actually really like the space where I see you operating from because of course I was in Microsoft and I think tech and maybe I am guilty as well to some extent, but I think the tech and the tech industry and the tech professionals, they make this mistake, like they make it all about tech, right? And that's like putting the cart before the horse. And I don't see you operating like that at all. You 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 know, so you, Clearly, know about your customer, but I would say that you care about your customer, right? Well, I, well, absolutely,
1: but it's really you've got to figure out what it is they need exactly. to operate their business effectively. But yeah. operate for me, and I, you know, I've I've got some fifty years experience working with small businesses that the the constraint you operate within is it's it multi multiple one one they're busy. Mm -hmm. they got stuff going on and they're busy number two very few of them have mastered the sophistication of management accounting very very few of them Uh, i I could i have some but they're very rare all right and if you try to help them master it things like working capital ratios and stuff like that they just get frustrated they don't know what you're talking about all right Mm -hmm. so you've got to figure out ways to talk to them about that that they can they can actually grasp but but the final thing is you can help them understand what the facts are but don't expect them to know what to do about it so you have to carry it forward and and so yeah uh, you when you look at w- let's say you look at a trend line and you see call volume and it's it's going up and down but it's trending downwards you can see it visually yeah. you know it's not oh, I didn't think we were doing as well this year as we were last year. Mm-hmm. It, it's very visible. The question then is, what do we do about it? And they need to be able to pose that question. And then someone, me or some other advisor, needs to say, this yeah. is what to do about it.
0: Yeah, but, what but man, I, I really love that. And I'm not sure, I, I guess, may apply to medium and large size businesses too. But as a small business <clears> owner, <throat> I have had to learn that, which, which is this idea of, operating in your zone of genius, right? So I do this and I do this well. I, should I learn the tech? And, you know, you are talking about how, should your clients learn all these lingo and then, right? So no, they don't need to, right? Because you're there to provide them that in the way that they need it, they understand it, and then they can act on it, right? They are the decision makers, so they, they are now in charge. They have the right information that they need to take actions and that action might as well can be, Pick up and call somebody call somebody the accountant or you or somebody else depending on what's going on so yeah so, and I love
1: use this mm-hmm. as a metaphor right it because I, I in doing this I've started to become familiar with dashboards and I would say 70% of the dashboards I see online and so on are very cluttered
0: mm-hmm. very
1: very cluttered and yeah. if I were whatever my role would be data analyst or whatever, in a corporation like IBM or General Motors or whatever, I, I would sit down with myself or with my team and I would say, who's my audience? Okay, the CEO of the company, the president of the company, the chief financial officer of the company, but then there's the operations manager, and then there's the, the purchasing manager, and then there's somebody else and various levels of sophistication. Mm-hmm. And so if I had to provide granular detail i would make sure i always started with the fifty
0: thousand foot level yeah i mean that's so, what i was thinking And frankly, like higher up the hierarchy go oh, i think you need less detail and, and well exactly right? is it
1: it's what are the key points you know i'm sure that uh gm's primary measurement is is mm. um, some unit of productivity whether it's vehicles off the assembly line or or whatever mm. okay let's draw it all back to that well we're we're not we're not producing as much cars as as we were supposed to we're behind schedule why yeah. is that and then you start you know you create visuals that are going to are going to uh, impact your viewers it's not mm-hmm. and i see this in you it's a little bit of a constraint for you because you you know how to do so much you can create whole circuses
0: full of data <laughs> And and yet yeah, that becomes a temptation, right? I mean, yeah. you do because you can, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's a dangerous true. path, right? It's well, a double edged sword.
1: I'm, I, you know, I, I, one of the disciplines I've had to do when I, as we've developed this thing, is say, what's really necessary? What needs to be on the what I call the homepage, that first page? Mm-hmm. What needs to be there? What what? How how few visuals can I put on there? That focuses them um, where they need to focus. So, if call volume is in red, but average sale is in green, we need to talk about call volume, but we don't need to talk about average sale. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, it, yeah. I don't need to get. If I were giving a presentation, I would simply say, "Average sale is good. We don't need to get granular on that. Let's talk about it. Call yeah. volume or cost of goods sold is is trending upwards. Got a problem here." Are we not, you know, are we not reporting sales correctly or are we, it's, yeah. it's, it's a whole bit different stuff.
0: All right. That's great, man. I, I mean, I, I took a lot of notes. I kind of knew that I was going to learn a lot. I have working with you, but yeah, already I'm like, wow, this is, we could talk just about that. But I want to bring you to Power BI. Um, so yeah, I'll let you choose where you want to start, but I want to backtrack either to the beginning of your Power BI journey. Uh, or maybe I know you have, you worked with other tools, you've worked with Tableau, but, um, maybe let's focus on the Power BI journey. Like when you were starting out with Power BI, you always had this clear vision. You understand your customer, you care about them, you know what they want. You would, you know, and you also know that the value of doing this for them, how much, how can they can change their lives and their businesses. Uh, and I know you work pretty closely with your clients, almost like some of them are like friends, right? I mean, you know, these people, right? They are friends. So- and you know the impact this can have on that but you you had this vision for a while tell me about that when you started and how was that beginning journey like what were the doubts you had about either power bi or i i know you're, you're pretty proficient in excel or being able to execute this in power bi like would i be able to do it what was going on in your head at that time
1: okay well let's let's kind of set a framework for the answer to that question um my early career was in turnarounds I did i worked for a company that bought distressed businesses and fixed them up and resold them you had to work fast Mm -hmm. you had to analyze really fast you had to do a lot of stuff very very quickly in in that regard so I learned a, a lot of things and one of the I don't know where I picked this up it may have been from one of my colleagues I may have made it up myself but I decided philosophically that there were no new problems and that my first order Mm -hmm. of business would always be to go find the person who has solved my problem. Okay. All right. So here's the problem I started out with. Most all of my clients use QuickBooks. Some use Peachtree, but most of them use QuickBooks, but their chart of accounts is all over the place. There's no consistent chart of accounts Mm -hmm. within the profession however there are consistent and well-known ratios okay so so there is a cost of goods ratio there is a labor ratio there is a facility ratio etc etc all right in order to calculate those ratios you know you have to know how they're counted so what's included in revenue and what is not What's mm-hmm. included in labor and what is not? What's included in cost of goods sold? So that you can compare one company to another. All right? All right. So the so the problem was I got this hocus pocus, higgledy-piggledy chart of accounts coming from everybody. There's nothing standard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How can I get that into the standard format for the profession in the categories? Okay? All right. Up. For years and years and years, I had to do that with Excel all by hand, mm-hmm. all right? I'd do all the analysis, put put it together, which was okay in one way, because in the process of doing that, I would discover things I needed to know more about. But, but it's pretty tedious work, but also uh, it really limits the, your client thing. So one day, several years ago, I was sitting and going, I cannot be the only person who has this problem. I have to be able to figure this out. Mm-hmm. All right, with Excel, how do I get Excel to map these accounts to the categories?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I did find out recently you could do that with Excel. It's onerous, but you mm-hmm. can do that. Uh, but what I wanted was I wanted ongoing to create this dashboard. All you need... I. I part of the rules I live by is you cannot upset the bookkeeper, which means the bookkeeper has to be able to do something very minimally.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. They don't need to analyze anything. They don't need to format anything. They just need to export the the statements into Excel and send them to me. That's it. You can't ask the funeral director or the, the owner To do any analysis you can't ask them to reclassify stuff because it upsets their accountant it so i had to work that was the basis i had to work with so i'm going then i cannot do this every month for my clients i don't have the time and i sure don't have the patience (laughs) so i kept looking and kept looking i came up with power bi and tableau i originally chose tableau and they were they were very good extremely yeah. expensive mm. but also really geared to very high level businesses very large
0: businesses. Mm.
1: and quite frankly and i don't blame them for this they concluded after a year that i wasn't big enough for them <laughs> and that's okay but uh then i just looked at power bi and I kept looking at it i kept looking at it, and i kept thinking i do not understand this i don't know how to do this and as I, I was watching all these youtube videos of which yours were were one i loved your style i loved the way you broke it down into bite-sized nuggets which is by the way what what you have to do and i thought okay i'm going to reach out to this guy and see if he can tutor me or if he has a class or whatever at first, that didn't work out, but then just recently it did. And quite frankly, Avi, for your group, for your for the listeners, I will tell you this. The of the many breakthroughs you've helped me with in learning Power BI, the biggest great breakthrough and the most important breakthrough, and the the cornerstone of my ability to make this transition was your helping me to understand that there is a very clear difference between the way accountants think and the format accountants think in mm-hmm. and machine thinking yeah i was never going to accomplish what i wanted to accomplish with machine with accounting thinking it just wouldn't work it, if, well if it, if it worked it was going to take a lot of manual steps and and so that alone just opened the world to me and then um as I began to understand the language and understand what kinds of things we're doing, you know, when you think about it, what would, what have we worked together, maybe six or seven hours. And I feel like I've come a good ways in that. And I'm just excited about learning, learning more at the same time. I have no intention of becoming a data analyst. It's just that that's not my purpose, but I have created a dashboard that I can apply to multiple clients and I've got to I'm working through developing the system it you got to be consistent I'm learning that but and, and 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 justifiably so there's a lot of back and forth work you you do something to come to an understanding and a comprehension of how that works but then you go back and redo it because you you now know how to do it better
0: yeah, man, that's that's brilliant. And and first of all, I'll say that, um, you know, the things that we're good at, sometimes they, they come easy to us and to the point where we don't even realize it, right? So, and at the beginning, when you were kind of talking about businesses and, and you were rattling off this stuff, which was like blowing my mind, but you probably most likely didn't even notice, didn't even think about it because it's obvious to you, right? So I think what you said was the biggest breakthrough. I mean, I feel like I really appreciate hearing that from you because you're kind of making me realize that, oh, how I do and what I do, right? Yeah. I, I've never thought about it that way then. Yeah. Oh, well, this is a totally different way of thinking because mm-hmm. I'm so used to it now. I mean, this is the way I think. I can't even help it, right? Uh, but with you, oh, it's, it's helping me to- when I was working
1: for to- that company back in the 70s. Mm-hmm. My boss was a CPA. And by to this day, I think he was probably the best one I've ever known. And I had responsibility i think for six different companies and i would come in uh and present every month i would present the financial statements of each company to him and he would look at it for less than a minute and he would circle things on the paper he says this number's wrong this uh, number is i need to know more about that uh, and i'd like you to give me a, the transaction journal on this number and finally i uh, mean a couple of months of that i said you know you got to teach me to do that and he said it's once you get used to it every every industry has its own rhythm so i know that if accounts receivable is this sales should be that and he said you just get you have to get used to the industry but once you get used to the industry then you know you it's a sixth sense in a way that you know you're looking at the relationships of various numbers
0: that's that's true it does kind of become like success like it's not conscious it's just you know you're feeling it so Um, putting it in a
1: visual format just puts it in the language that my clients can relate to yeah i i think the key thing Avi, is i'm not asking them to know what to do that's the problem i think a lot of analysts have so it's it's part of my job or somebody else's job yeah to to tell them what to do Uh, and sometimes it's a matter of um uh what do we call it appreciative inquiry is what we call it where you're talking the client says um i see your your average sale is trending downward uh and by the way i noticed you told me you went on vacation in may and your average sale just went through the dumper Hmm. so is it you is it you know what what and and you make them think uh that um uh what what are the cause what are the cause and effect factors here and then you say okay well let's take a look at average sale by employee and uh see if we got somebody who needs training mm-hmm. w- what's the term you use you said something inquiry I, 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 appreciative I, inquiry so that's really interesting that you can google that term i didn't coin it but uh basically uh, uh it's it, it's not judging how people respond mm. it's saying okay i get that you know that's yeah. interesting and and getting. You know, it's yeah. a process or a way of getting people to really. Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah,
0: somebody else said uh, that I really look up to had uh, said something similar. What they said was that, yeah, we're data people, we're good at reporting and stuff. But he said that never beat people on the head with data, right? So don't go like, oh, look at this, and you're not doing, yeah. So I, I think that's, that's uh, beautiful. Here's, here's something I, I believe
1: strongly. You may know more about this than
0: I do, but I believe.
1: And I, I think it's true of me. If you show me data, I, I want to know a couple things. Have you validated?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, no, and, and and don't give me a result that that is really the result of a multivariate situation and pretend that it's a singular si- situation. Okay, mm-hmm. so, tell me a bit more about that. Well. Covid is a good example. So a lot of funeral homes, um, unfortunately, and and they'll tell you it was unfortunate, mm-hmm. uh, had a big volume spike spike during Covid. I think deaths went up seventeen percent, which was historic. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, what's 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 happening here, and, and you know what? Why is this spiking now? It's going down, and why is it going down, and what? what do the trends really say uh the issue, the, the reality uh, of it, it it really that was a multivariate thing there were people who died of covid
0: mm-hmm.
1: but there are other people who died of other things that just happened to have covid so mm. it, it, it 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 just different different variables okay um and then finally if, yeah. if you can show me a a, a, a data and you can cause me to quickly understand what that data means for me and then help me use that data to know what to do about it you've got a, you've got me forever and that's true of yeah. just, you're the same way I can guarantee you uh, if, if you yeah. were looking at a, at yeah. a um, oh I don't know I can't think of an example but uh, it, it you know, you can show people lots of pretty charts and for sure i can present you with a very very complicated uh multi-level uh uh consolidated income statement <laughs> multiple companies and and wow you yeah. about how smart i am but yeah. if at the end of the day with data you don't know what to do with it what's the purpose
0: yeah oh man that's reminding me of the back in the day so i was always kind of in a business theme business user but I would see people in fancy suits and stuff and team of consultants come in with briefcases and these really fancy PowerPoint shows and like, Oh, this is it. This is our big BI solution. You buy this and it's whatever hundred million dollars, but it's so worth it. And then it just, yeah, it just, you know, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge, huge fan of that approach. Well, uh, it,
1: it, you know what you're, I'm not you know i've I've reached an age where i'm not that interested in impressing people anymore (laughs)
0: but
1: what what i've learned is what really makes me want to come (laughs) to work is that i help somebody do something that betters them and i know that sounds altruistic but i get excited you get excited when you help me i see you do it
0: (laughs) yeah of course of course um and yeah, I, I don't know I I in my book that is that is the best way to run a business I, I think that's good for growth <laughs> you know it's like yeah try really caring for your customers for a change rather than I don't know just seeing them as a number or a metric well, and that's yeah. point
1: that I think is important and I, and I'm taking this point because I want some of your clients to squirm hmm. all right I have met over my career, more than a few people who want to take out reams of paper data and charts and this I I actually worked with a guy one time that actually had an entire wall covered with all his data and literally it was it was it was somewhat somewhat shocking and I've come to the conclusion that when I encounter people like that that they're really hiding behind the data they're saying I'm really busy creating data oh by the way i never have done anything you know it's just data i, I can tell i can tell you uh what size underwear every single employee who works for me it wears but you know i don't know what to do with it but it's so it's not impressive to me anymore
0: oh man alan I don't, yeah i don't think you realize how close to home that hits for me because i was that person well and, i thought i had yeah. to do
1: that for a while too i i yeah it's, it's, it, i think all of us especially those of us who are analytical And, you know, I remember years ago, I gave a presentation. I was asked by my clients to give them, to do some analysis. It took me about 30 days of really intense work. Mm -hmm. And I presented I had a two-hour PowerPoint. And about halfway through, one of my best clients raised his hand and said, Alan, we get Mm -hmm. it. We believe you. Can we go to the bar now? (laughs) (laughs) And all they wanted to know was that I had done the work. And then I come to a conclusion, and that I could validate the conclusion.
0: Wow, man, that there's <clears> so much there. But yeah, you made me think about the time where yeah, I was cranking out reports and I was so busy, I was working so hard. But at the same time, I was so worried they're gonna let me let me go. Right? going like, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's almost yeah, it's such a such a trap. Well, but, I can give um, you the
1: remedy for not for not being mm-hmm. uh, laid off. Mm-hmm. I can tell you how to, to accomplish that
0: yeah i'm sure I don't know uh, it yeah love it, to hear
1: that. I think it might have come from my father mm. when i first started out in the workforce back in the early 70s i worried relentlessly about being uh, laid off or fired mm. or whatever It's totally unreasonable mm. so i decided that i would focus on making my boss's job easier so that if he had to lay me off it would hurt <laughs>
0: That's good. That's good advice. Uh, but really curious. Now you run your own business. How does what? that apply now? What's how, how, yeah? What's your mindset now? Is it your clients? Yeah. Uh, I don't. What motivates you? What, I mean, clearly get excited about what, your work. What motivates me is somebody
1: who will, who really wants to make a difference in their business and in their life. And I can help them do that and do help them do that. What demotivates me. Mm. has become more important and i actually will resign from engagements when i encounter that and that is clients who want to engage me either to 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 support what they already want to do which may not be right um or they want to engage me and they will never do anything
0: wow never do a single thing i mean the first one We've all seen cases, I and mean, certainly working at Microsoft and other big companies, where they would bring in an army of consultants just to tell them that you're right. And so, you know, I knew it, right? So, oh, God, yeah. But, um, but man, that's pretty in, really interesting that well, you kind of me, draw the line. Gonna in get, you're going to
1: get what I find. So I had a, a client uh, a number of years ago who the engagement was to help him transfer the business to his son okay i can do that Mm. no problem now his son was missing a can can out of the six pack there's no question his son was not that that good but the engagement was clear Mm. well i did in fact figure out a way to transfer it to his son and overcome some of his weaknesses and so on and so forth i got fired Mm. and the reason i got fired i found out later was what they wanted me to do was come in and tell them that the son couldn't do it and and that they should sell to a third party which is what they ended up doing so oh, but I, that was not what they told me so i guess i'm obtuse or something i i don't
0: know no no that's that's great all right so hey um uh man i hope this is the first of many because alan i feel like with you we can talk for hours and i would learn so much i have Thank like a, I a lot from you uh, thank you. Appreciate that. I have a whole page scribbled with notes, but I'm definitely seeing a theme and theme that I'm seeing is, is yeah, not, not put technology first, but people first. Yeah. And I love those specific examples. Like you talked about, they don't care about reports. They don't care about this, but you give them and have them focus on what they care about and what they value. And you show them the metrics. And I love the example where you said that, you know, the cash volume is low and, and they can ignore that. They can say, oh, yeah, we're down 10%, right? But so, oh, the valuation changed by 500000 thousand, and that they would care about. So I saw that constantly. Uh, I really loved what you said about the noni problems. That's such a beautiful perspective to look at that. Yeah, Whyrene went the wheel. Somebody has done it. Uh, um, there is yeah no new problem again yeah. so you know uh, you may find it interesting we have like a you know like the educator or trainer version of that i think it's the same thing but looking from a different perspective so sometimes when i'm talking to others and or or in my community and, and they're hesitant about like hey who am i to like create a course or be teaching others power bi and trust me, I've struggled with that too, like you know, and still do to, to some extent to this. Day. I was like, God, I'm, i don't even know all of the stuff that I know. But what we say is that uh, there are no new messages, only new messengers. So yeah, I mean, I'm not teaching anything unique in Power BI. Like all the concepts are there, but I do. Well, strongly people like you get me gets me excited, and working with people like you because I can kind of see that that yeah, being the messenger, I can still play a role. I can serve that.
1: Well, you know that what i tell my clients is the cheapest most rewarding research and development investment that you can make is a plane ticket Hmm. and the reason i tell them that is when you find that person who has solved your problem and you arrange to go see them first of all it'll be very rare that anybody refuses very very rare second of all they love the fact that they can teach somebody else and that somebody else wants to know what they do and appreciate what they do and thirdly you're going to make a friend
0: mm.
1: you're absolutely and i think you and i have made friends over the
0: last six weeks so I definitely valued a relationship yeah absolutely so
1: to me what why why hesitate i mean if you go to a conference and you hear somebody up on the stage and, and you go Wow, I really want to hear more about that. And you go up and say, "Would you mind if I came out for a day and just sat down with you? Uh, mm. who's gonna say I mean, you do it for a living, so you need to charge for that. but you know if it's, if it's somebody else that does the same thing you do, why would they say no? And and you reciprocate, you have to be willing to
0: reciprocate. Um, yeah so that uh, that's really interesting. let me let me ask you one more thing. Which is this um so let's talk about that uh you know, so we 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 were talking about this uh before we started the call. But we were talking about the old Alan, like who was there and who had some doubts, had tried tableau and kind of didn't work in Power BI like, oh gosh, this looks yeah, I don't I don't know, I feel uncomfortable. But um I meet a lot of people who are kind of in that stage. I meet businesses who are in that stage, but some of them just don't take any action. Is this something, Yeah. what would you like to say to them to hopefully have them, you know, get up off of that nail? I mean, they're sitting on that Excel nail that you talked about where, yeah, we can do it manually, but man, we can only do so, so much. And I love what you said that I neither have the time nor the patience, right? So it, it's it's driving them insane, right? Things are not working well, but they're still not ready to get off of that nail and kind of embrace this change. What, what would you say to them?
1: Well, I'll tell you a story. My very first job uh, was as as a bank auditor, okay? Now, I'm gonna tell you right now uh, that there were were no happier people than me, my supervisor, and the partner in charge of my department when I got promoted out of that department because I stink as an auditor, (laughs) I just stink. And we liked each other, we were all friends, but it was clear to me, it was clear to them that this was not my strong suit. So the, the point is, the very first day on the job, which they typically do, they stuck me inside the vault of the bank, hmm. and I had to reconcile the bond portfolio. And I sat there for, I guess, three hours. And trying to figure out how to set up my work papers. Now, this was before microcomputers. So it was a 13-column paper spreadsheet. And I just could not figure it out. And I mean, I was sweating bullets. Mm-hmm. And my supervisor came in. He said, what, what's going on? And, I, said, and I, just, I just told him. I said, I'm, I can't figure out how to set up my, my my work papers. And he said, well, Alan, that's why they put pencils, erasers on pencils. Make a mark on the paper. If you don't like it, you can change it. And he walked out. And that is the advice I give is if you, do, if it's not that everybody is a quote doer, it's mm-hmm. that you have to eventually do something. There are a lot of people, Avi, that can't, they, they don't have it in them and somehow they end up coasting through life. But the truth is that they, that if, you know, sometimes it's just do something. Okay, just do something. <laughs> and if it doesn't work okay um and, and that's you hear that advice a lot is it you know you have to so at, at the end of the day you got you got to do something make the mark on the piece of paper if you don't like it start over again if you embarrass yourself so what you know you'll live you'll make it you know mm-hmm. everybody i think i think being somewhat vulnerable is a, is a little bit of a help mm-hmm. in that but, you know that but it's also incumbent upon the the person your advisor okay now sometimes you do this through appreciative inquiry sometimes you have to just sit up and say you need to let go 10 of 10 of your workforce you don't have a choice Mm -hmm. you you better figure out who you're going to let go right now or you know what I know she's your your niece and you like your sister But you can't afford to pay the receptionist $80,000 a year. You know, it's, it's sometimes you just have to be blunt. But um, it, 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 and I, you know, sometimes it's just, I have to tell you, I've been in situations when I was doing those turnarounds, sometimes just outright prayer. Get on your knees Mm -hmm. and ask God to open some doors and you'd be amazed what happened.
0: That's incredible. Love that. Love that. It reminded me of this phrase that I heard. And and definitely like it's, uh, you don't have to be uh, perfect to start, but you have to start to get perfect. And love that story of, yeah, put a mark on the paper. And yeah, we sometimes we get so stuck. We feel like we want to have everything lined up. We almost want to know that, oh, this is going to succeed before we take a step, whether that's learning Power BI or starting our own business or something like that. But life doesn't work that way. I've got a book on
1: my shelf over here somewhere. Um, Perfectionism, and then it's got a colon, A Sure Cure for Happiness. (laughs) And it's about perfectionists, and it's, I'm a perfectionist. Perfectionists prefer not to do anything at all than,
0: than do something poorly okay they, they so the perfect perfectionist never does anything right that's the tragedy like, you know we all want to right. be the perfectionist but yeah perfect, perfect never does right. anything well, and and a, and a
1: perfectionist is very frequently a procrastinator because they don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to do it exactly right get Great. over it
0: Great. there's a lot yeah. of things in life that you just have to plain get over yeah loving man all right so hey uh i want to end with one last question which is uh, what do you feel has been the most helpful? Uh, now, we have done one-on-one consulting. You have gone through my, you're going through my training program. Uh, what, or maybe what aspects of that have been most helpful for you in your journey?
1: You know, I mean, I, I, I have to compliment you. For one thing, and I, I don't think you did this intentionally, but, but um, I have to go back. If I was talking to another accountant, about this learning this i would say you have to unlearn how to think as an accountant you just unlearn that so an accountant thinks in terms of chart of accounts so it's all a longitudinal or a vertical this is this is supposed to be in this place and this is supposed to be in that place and when you've caused me to, to think about how machines think completely different and and, and that was a huge breakthrough the second thing is um and and i think this was the right way to do it you started off as it it kind of doing it for me but that didn't last very long and so you you started causing me to do it and then you gave me homework that i had to figure stuff out and so on and so forth and folks it's it, it the the mentor part and the teaching part is is critical but no offense Avi, some stuff i get on youtube Mm -hmm. you know you listen to different people and i'll tell you what i get off youtube i learn what's possible and if i think i i like it i'm going to come back to you and say how do i really do that uh so uh and 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 yeah so that that's it uh from, from my perspective uh and again keeping the end in mind is I needed, I felt I need, and I think I know my clients need something that they can look at and and instantly absorb and decide whether they need to take action or let it ride or not.
0: Lovely, thank you. All right, folks, um, again, as I was saying earlier, I hope, uh, you know, Alan and I get to do this again, um, but um, uh, yeah, thank you for today. And we'll see you next time.
1: All right.